take it. and basketball analysis with over 70 years combined experience. This is the Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman podcast. NBA, some college, a little bit of everything. You know, what can I say? But it wasn't going to happen here with him. I was okay with it because it wasn't about talent, I didn't think. All right, let's, let's get right to it. Okay, welcome everybody. It is the Ryan Goodman Tangway Along for the Ride Hoop Podcast brought to you by Bet Online. They have you covered at Bet Online. The number one spot for all things betting in sports. Maybe there's some odds of when Major League Baseball will play again. I don't know if I want that bet. Basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC odds. They're the best in the business. Uh, you can also figure out and bet when do you think your next coach is going to get fired and where he's going to land, or you can even play your favorite casino games. Head to Bet Online today and use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus or your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50 to get you started. The fastest and easiest way to wager all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet online where the game starts. Okay, guys, uh, we're going to talk about Harden tonight. Sixers at home. Uh, they take on the Knicks. Bob Ryan, I made the prediction that with Harden back, I think the Sixers are going to be in the finals. Uh, what do you think about what you've seen so far? And what do you think about tonight? If you uh, The uh, the Dixville not sampling we've had of two games is terrifying for the rest of the league. If, if this is going to be maintained now, they didn't play. They played the Timberwolves and they played the Knicks and the Knicks are right now. There you go. A, yeah. a disgrace. Yes. So you can't fully judge, but the predictions about the, the, the pairing of Embiid and Harden and what that might entail in the first two games is, is a Daryl Morey wet dream. It's all coming to true. Do you realize that uh, Embiid is averaging 34 points a game in the two games they played? He's, he, he shot 27 free throws in the second game. Uh, and I'm sure that most of them are the recipients of passes from Harden. Harden had 16 assists in, in that game. And just think if they did that, what they should do with assists, which is if you throw an assist to a guy who makes a free throw, uh, that should be an assist. That should go by halves if they have, they've only makes one. I mean, that. I've been saying that for 40 years because, you know, why should you be cheated when the guy misses a layup if you give him a great pass? Anyway, Harden has been spectacular. He's, uh, he had a triple-double with not, not, not news. He, uh, he's been great. And, guys, and. The pilot fish, known as Miss Tyrese Maxey, it's been good. Is, is scored twenty eight and twenty one yeah. in those two games, and, and and there was a lot of legitimate speculations about about whether he would benefit and how much he would benefit based on the first two games. So so far, in the early returns, very very early against a, a so so team and a horseshit team, it, the results have been fantastic. Well, Jeff, yeah, we listen, knew the, we knew the guy had it in him if he just chose to do it. Well, but like, I just don't know if he can sustain it again. Can he stay healthy for a two month run in the playoffs? Like that's my bigger thing is you've got Joel Embiid who knock on wood has been healthy for a while now. And James Harden, who, again, his body looks like he's my age and I'm 50, by the way. All right. (laughs) I, I might have a better body than James Harden at 50 years old for somebody who never works out or rarely works. You got a better step back. You got to concede that. He does. He does. Okay. No, right. no question. No question. But, but I, I feel like I don't know how much you can count on him, Gary. That's the question I have is like, okay, in the East, my, my biggest thing is who can you count on that's going to show up every day, that's going to be healthy, that's going to perform. Don't we know the answer to that? Giannis. Giannis. No. That's who we can count on, right? We, we, 
We know what Giannis is going to bring every single night. We know he's probably going to be healthy for the most part. I mean, he played through it in, in their championship run, right? He played through injuries there. I, I feel like with Philly, we don't know. With Brooklyn, we certainly don't know with KD's injury history. Kyrie, listen, Kyrie, even if he gets back on the court full-time, you know, I've had numerous people tell me he's got old man knees for years. He's had shoulder. He's had, I forget what it was that he missed the Celtics playoff run and didn't even show up for the game. Didn't he have like a, a toothache or something? And he had to have surgery and he couldn't couldn't even show up to support his teammates. Right. Uh, so I just feel like, to me, it's about reliability right now and knowing what you're going to get. And that's why I'm going to stick with the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, I, I, I would, I, I'm going to, conf, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Echo on, on the fact that if I just put that proverbial luger to my head, if they were starting it all tonight, I would pick the Bucks. Okay. But that doesn't mean that I would discount the chances of the Sixers or the, or the Heat, frankly. Well, and, and, you want to see what they look like when it matters. Of course. Well, that, but isn't that always the case? I mean, that, I mean, so often, okay, you could go back and trace the Celtics in the 60s and, and, and the years that guys, you know, they benefited. And in the one championship they lost in 58 because Russell got hurt. And, and you know, but, but was, we haven't seen these teams, Bob. That The difference is that team, like you knew what you were going to get with all these other teams. Brooklyn, we haven't seen them all year. Oh, no, no. We haven't seen them with Ben yet. And we're, we're coming down the stretch drive. And with Philly, again, we've seen them for two games so far coming down the stretch drive, and it's two guys who have a major, major injury sure. history, especially right. with Embiid. That's true. And then and now speaking of, down the other, on the West, we got an injury uh, with the Chris Paul. We'll get to that. But, but um, you know, no, you're, you're exactly right about that. It's, the, it's this story. <laughs> Meanwhile, one other thing. <laughs> this, excuse me, this Irving availability thing with regard to the, the mask mandate. mandate, all right, uh, the, the vaccine mandate. Um, all kidding aside, aren't they absolutely better off making sure they're on the road in the playoffs? Well, yeah, right. it's sure. well, sure. I mean, sure. right. and they will be right at this step. Yes. They make it that you would think every series they should not be the home team, which they're going to like. Right, right. No, if, so if they have a choice. Part. Now, this, oh, this just bothers me. Yeah, it just does. You know, it just bothers me, and and because I, I, I it, there's a possibility of shenanigans. I, I, I just, if I, I don't like it, it's it's bizarre, you know. And, and of course, that brings us back to why it is, and 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 this perplexing individual, you know. Well, I, I I'm not a big karma guy, but in this case, I am because it fits my argument. I think Brooklyn's done. I mean, maybe Simmons can help him out, but as far as Kyrie's concerned, I, I just think there's too much bad, <laughs> there's too much negativity in the air with him, whether he's home or on the road. Yeah. And, oh, you know, I, I and you're right, Bob, it is a shame. But I got to tell you, man, at the beginning of the year, I thought it was Brooklyn and the Lakers. And I don't think those two are those two teams are not oh, factors well, Lakers, at all. Yeah, that, that, again, I, I got, think Brooklyn's right there with them. Well, you because you, you're right. You, you haven't seen Ben Simmons yet. We haven't seen him all year. Kyrie, you have no idea what to expect with him mentally. KD, you have no idea what to expect physically. Those are three wild cards of which are they all going to line up when it matters most? I say no. I agree. You know, that's why I don't I don't think it's going to be a factor with Brooklyn, whether it's home. I I mean, you're right. Bob's right. They're going to try to lose or whatever. They want to fix it so they can be playing the road. I don't think it's going to be enough for them. That's my point. But um, real quick, because I do want to get to John Morant, but Bob touched on it real quick on the Suns. You know, they're still six and a half up with the best record. Yeah. I mean, 
match. Can they maintain this, Bob? They have a cushion. They, they, you know, going, they, they might now. They've lost two in a row since he went down. Right, right. Uh, they've lost two in a row since he went down, and and, and all right, that's two. It's no big deal. It's not push the panic button, but also they don't have pain. And you know, the, I, I, if they had Cameron, pain, I don't know how right. far away he is, but you know, they don't have a, a, a point guard, to, a, a backup to, of some reliability no. either. So there's a lot of you know pressure on 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 Booker and and Bridges and you know etc. Um, I don't know. I don't like you know. I'd be a little worried. I mean, but I'm not going to panic yet. But they do have the cushion. Yeah, it's a nice cushion. It's uh, thank God they had it. But they're going to no. We could maybe safely say they're going to need it if they're going to hold on yeah. and be the number one in the West. Well, I you mean, want the home court. You want the home court when it matters. If you get to like the NBA Finals, right? It probably doesn't matter much early. You know, to me, whether you're going to play the eight or the seven, I I don't know how much that's going to matter. But when it gets down to an NBA finals, you're going to want the home court event. Yeah, you're going to want. So it's going to that. And, you know, once again, how many times Chris Paul, he's still over career and and injuries always hurt. Always hurt. And, and, you know, this one is thumb. You know, I don't know how he did it, how how he dislocated. I don't know exactly how he did it, but it's his thumb on his shooting hand, unfortunately, you know, and uh yeah, I and six to eight. Oh my God, that, that's the playoffs time. Yeah, so yeah, um, there's, there's a, that's opened the door uh, for the down the road. We'll see how they fare in the short run here. I, uh, you know, but the first two games were not encouraging. Mike John Morant lighting it up. Oh my God, I mean, just you know, I I thought of Allen Iverson. I'm thinking of Pete Maravich. These are the type of visions that I'm having. Um, well, I mean, I don't know, Bob. Do you think he's AI or just Pete- stick with? Just stick with uh, guards for a minute. I mean, you know, point guards, uh, si- guys that size. Pete was 6'5", and Pete was just so generous. There's never been anything before or since that, that was the complete package that Pete Maverick yep. was, okay, which includes playing for the father, four, 44 points a game in college, and allowed to do anything he wanted to do, you know, kind of thing. Right. That's a whole different matter. AI is the model. It is AI. It, it, this is the and and we it will op, we open us force us to reexamine his career again and some of the things he did, including dragging a team that you couldn't name two other guys on the team to a finals once. Now, I was never the biggest fan of the guy, but but I have to give him his due. That's the guy we we want to. Uh, that's the frame of reference to me. What we are seeing, folks, he is the best show in basketball, and we got some good ones. You know, I mean, Dachik is a show. You know, different is a show, right. but this this is the best show. And what he put on the other night, I only wish I got to go check that game out because I just got through reading about it. And more, I didn't, some of the stuff that was contained within that game, one of the greatest shows, it could be, I, I'm just throwing it out there, Jeff, maybe you can, it could be one of the greatest uh, performances ever in NBA history in a regular season game. N- not that people haven't scored more points, but the drama that was right. involved and the stuff he was doing, uh, dunking on portal and, and throwing one in from falling out of bounds at the end of a period and making 13 straight points when the game got down on the line. I mean, Holy, this, this guy's for real folks. It's funny because again, you know, he, he was kind of an obscurity till his final year at Murray state, right? <laughs> Mid-major recruit. Nobody really knew much about him. I remember I was the first one who I think interviewed him nationally. Um, the year he came out at Murray state, the, the mm-hmm. breakout year he had. And we're trying to come up with kind of comps for John Morant coming out of Murray state. And I'm like, there really, there isn't one because here's the difference. Even with he and Iverson, I think he's, he's freakish athletically. We knew that, right. He's not a great shooter, but he can make shots from deep. 
kind of like Luca, right? They're not great shooters, but they can both make them when needed and they kind of make them in crunch time when it matters. But to me, the difference is he's also got the, the court vision and the passing ability. Yeah. That, that was the thing. Like he had Derrick Rose, Russell Westbrook explosiveness with Mike, to me, Mike Conley court vision and passing ability. That's AI it. didn't have that. That's no AI. AI, AI was a, a, a undersized two guard masquerading as a point guard. Right. He was a, a point guard. guard. He was a scoring guard. AI. I'm not d- diminishing anything. I'm just saying he, yeah. he overcame his, his size, right. you know, to do what he did and, yes. and the way he did it. Right. This is not the same, but this is still the frame of reference. I'm just on in there for the, you know, for the, the numbers that are being put up in explosiveness. No, I'm, I'm, I, I agree. Uh, he, he is, it's, it's, and now the question you raise, but I think the inference that uh, you raised Gary is okay. Is he a winning ball player? Well, they're 43 and 20 as we speak. Uh, they're, they're, on their yeah, way he having, is. they're on their way to having the best record in franchise history, which, by the way, is 56 wins. Is he so, going to win a title in Memphis, or is he going to have to go out? <laughs> well, he needs well, more help. I mean, he's not doing it alone. Yeah. I don't want to yeah, get No, I'm, I'm not knocking the guy. I don't want to. Like, like, I would love water. to see him win a title in Memphis. I, I would love to see Beale Street be, on, be lit up Fire. with an NBA yeah. title, you know? But I'm not diminishing that, I guess. But, like, I always look at these guys, like, in Memphis, I'm like, you know, are we going to see him with the Knicks? Are we going to see him with the Lakers? Are we going to see him with I, Miami? I know. You're right, but I don't want to go there today with that. I want to just uh, – I, I mean, I, they got to add another dude with him. they got to find a way sure. to get a free agent to Memphis, which is not easy to do, no. basically because of John Morant, because they want to play with John Morant. And, again, not – generally, it's not going to happen. It's almost like you got to get a kid from Memphis – to go back right. home or something like that, you know, and, and I don't know. He can't reinvent himself, you know, and uh, take off 25 years. But um, by the way, based on the reaction of his teammates for the game the other night, he seems to be well-liked. I mean, oh. he's the guy you want to play with. He's um, awesome. They, they I were, mean, I've only dealt they, with him were, a handful of times. over the moon for this guy. Yeah. To get to 50. Yeah. Okay, so now we talk about job. Bob raised this thing, you know, like Zion who, right? And, and, and Jeff, let's start with you because – Zion was the overall favorite to be the number one pick. And I was with you, man, this kid out of Murray State. Now, I'm not going to say that I was as adamant as you but about, about job, but I remember seeing him in college, and I was like, this kid's going to be great. You know, and, and Zion is, wow, he's got issues. Well, th- my biggest worry has kind of come to fruition with Zion. Like, how is he going to carry all that weight? Like, everybody was worried about that. Was, right. you know, and, and I saw him when he got hurt balloon up in high school guys he ballooned so I was worried about that part he just seemingly was always hurt and and the biggest thing I go back to is like all right point guard play point guard play it's always the most important position on the court and if you have a guy like Ja who apparently has no holes in his game because again the court vision the passing ability with the athleticism we just haven't seen a guy like this that that's where I felt like John Morant was going to be more valuable and, and fit today's NBA better than a Zion Williamson, who, again, is not a great perimeter shooter. So, and remember, at that time, he was also, when he was drafted, it was with Lonzo Ball. And I'm saying to myself, like, well, Lonzo and Zion playing together, the spacing isn't really going to work. Yeah, the lobs are going to work. But Lonzo, at that point, wasn't a great shooter. Zion's not a great shooter. But the biggest concern was health and injuries. And unfortunately, because I, I love Zion, and I still can't believe all the stuff that has come out 
about Zion, J.J. Redick taking a shot at his fellow Dukey and basically saying he's not engaged with his teammates. It surprises me because I'll tell you what, at Duke, man, they love this kid because he was he was one of them. He he didn't put himself above anybody. He didn't want the attention. So this really, really surprises me almost to the point, Bob, where I feel like somebody is in his ear telling him what to do and what not to do. Yeah, I don't know. Of course, I know you, you've encountered him personally. I have not. I, I, but when I read that thing from Reddick and when I read the, the implication that <laughs> the idea he's been disengaged and he's not, yeah. you know, and, and that's not good. I mean, uh, but I mean, I, it's just such a redundancy to point out that the weight thing and, and the body shape was very, was very precarious. It was, it was always the big what if with him was going to be that bodies like that. I can give you historically, they, they don't last in this league too long. Whether you're talking about tractor trailer, you're going all the way back to the Leonard Gray, who was a, you know, there's a name people today don't know, but let me tell you something. Leonard Gray was a force for a couple of years until he wasn't. He ate himself out of the NBA. Oliver Miller, who was Oliver a Miller. damn good basketball player, yeah. smart basketball player, ate himself out of the NBA. <laughs> so it happens. Those yep. bodies aren't really NBA, you know, uh, standard issue. Uh, Bob, this week, uh, Jeff is going to be down with Coach K. But I want to start with you. When did you, because this is his last, you know, it's, this is the, the swan song from Mike Krzyzewski. Right. Did you know him at Army? When did you first encounter him? No, my first encountered him uh, at at Duke, and my and my initial encounter was very pleasant. Uh, it was uh, after uh, in nineteen eighty five eighty six season, I believe it was. Yeah, the year they went to the finals, which one of my favorite teams of all time, by the way, the eighty five eighty six Duke team. Um, they had a a, a um, December game in Madison Square Garden against Kansas. <clears throat> it was a terrific game. So in, in December of eighty five. They had a, a now I'm doing this off the top of my head, so I hope I'm right about it, but I'm pretty sure about it. They had a wonderful game in Madison Square Garden against Kansas. And, and I spoke with him after the game. And uh, as a result of that, I wrote, uh, no, I had written something anyway. Anyway, he complimented me about something I had written. So naturally, flattery is very, you know, seductive, <laughs> actually, you know. And, and then I've had a couple of encounters with him over the years. One time, BC was playing down there uh, at Duke uh, when I was still working, and I went down a, a day or so early and I got an audience and he gave me a good audience, you know, and, um, uh, and then I, I, I got him a, after this, I actually kept score of the, the Kentucky game on really? the first sheet that you get. I've got it. And he signed it for me and I, I need to get uh, Hill and Leitner too, but I got, I got, I got the ship set. Anyway, my encounters have been very pleasant with him. Now I know, you know, the general prevailing wisdom and I know how he can be, and he has evolved into an emperor. He's an emperor down there. And, and he's more important than anybody in the school, including the school president, has been. And, and his influence is enormous. And I know how he can be. But I, and so I'm not going to ignore that. But I have to say he's always treated me well. Yeah. How, how many times have you been to Cameron, Bob? I'd say one, two, about four. Yeah. One of them was, was I was there tonight. Bias dropped 40 on him, Jeff. Were you really? I was wow. there that night. And I, what I don't know is why the hell I was there that night. You know, I'm still covering the stuff. I don't know what. I, I, the first time I went there, it yeah. was because Harvard was playing there. Really? And, and that's when they were recruiting Danny Furry. And yeah. Pete Roby was coaching at Harvard. And I went down to do the story. And, there, and, and it was so funny. The kids, Bobby Furry, you know, 
Jr. was to start one of the, the best player on Harvard at that time. And uh, the crowd was chanting, we want your brother. We want your brother. <laughs> and, and they got their brother. I got his brother. But um, and then I was there for a couple of BC games. And I was there for that uh, that Lynn Bias. I was there when he dropped 40 on him. So, yeah, that, that's been a while, though. That, that goes yeah. back, obviously, 30 years. But I had that. So I've been here a long time. I, I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, oh, it's going to be. I mean, it's going to be cool. I mean, the, the <laughs> ticket prices are anywhere between. I think it's about three grand to just get in the in the building. Yeah. Uh, to I think upwards of you know I've I've seen eighty grand. I don't know if eighty. I grand. heard that figure. I, yeah. I mean, I don't know. We know who knows. Uh, the people have done it. Maybe a lot of people listening to us don't really realize that Cameron only seats nine thousand plus. That's the right. Game. And they have resisted. Over the years, any any entreaty to build a bigger, they want they Got like love. the atmosphere. Yeah. They want to preserve Cameron as such. Cameron crazies, all that, and and so let let Carolina build the Dean Dome at twenty thousand. They right. they stuck. So you know they've stuck with this, and it was built nineteen forty one. Cameron, it's I know got that. the look, Gary, of like you know a bigger, obviously not a high school gym, yeah, but, no. but some of that character sure. to it. Yep. And walking up, you know, it, it's just you, 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 you feel like, like Kansas, like college basketball. You just feel it there, right. and it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be like seventy-five degrees this weekend. Uh, I'm getting in tomorrow. Kay's doing his press conference. <laughs> I, I feel like I, I'm pretty sure every former Duke player has been that the Kay has coached has been invited uh, back for this game. A lot of them obviously won't be able to. You know, some are coaching. You know, the Jeff Capels of the world, the Greg Paulus's of the world, yeah. um, the, probably can't but, make it because you know Chris Collins. Uh, but I Hamm- think you're going to see royalty. Talking. Bobby Hurley's coaching, but you, you know, Leitner should be back. You would think. I mean, it should be a very, very cool environment. Um, you know, my my relationship with Kay a little different than yours. I understand. It was, uh, yeah, it was hot and cold throughout our. You know, it's funny when I broke in doing this. 20 or some odd years ago, Bob, you know, I broke in at 30 ish. You know, I was doing recruiting. Then I did college and I break in at 30 and I'm like, you know what? At that point, K is 55. And I'm saying to myself, why am I'm not even going to bother trying to have relationships with, with the K's, the Bayheims, the Roy's because they're getting older and like, they're not going to pay any attention to me. I'm, I'm some kid here. Who's just trying to break in the sport, right? Like I'm not even going to, and then as it turns out, like you have relationships with all these guys. I just, I guess I've, I've been able to, to make it in this industry long enough that I've had them and I'm, I've, I've tried to be very um, real with my opinions. So like, I'll give you one example of when we kind of not had it out, but we, we had a little bit of a tiff in Vegas. He comes up to me and he's upset at me because I had said on TV at ESPN, um, that Kay had a major recruiting advantage by coaching the Olympic team and he utilized it. Yeah. And, and he came up to me and, and kind of was denying it. And I just said to him, I said, and I don't call him coach. I, like maybe I should, Bob. No, you <laughs> shouldn't. No, you shouldn't. I you call, I call every, the only guy I've ever called coach is Lute Olson because I was a student at Arizona. It, it, just, it felt different with Luke, but everybody else like, I'm not calling Mike Shusevsky. It's not my coach. Not Lou Olson wasn't my coach either, but I, that was just different for me. So anyway, I, I went up to him and I was just like, Hey Mike, like, 
here's the deal. I, I knew what you were doing. I knew how you brought players over to meet Kevin Durant at national team practice. I knew that you had hour long meetings with Austin rivers when he was playing for the USA national, you know, junior team. So like, don't try to bullshit me. I know what was going on there. And I told them that I said, listen, you won a title with, with Jaleel Okafor, Justice Winslow and Tyus Jones. They all played for, for the, the, in, within the USA system. So like, Come on, man. Like, just you earned it. I'm not saying, listen, you earned the ability to coach that Olympic team and take advantage of that in recruiting. Don't deny it. Embrace it. Who wouldn't? Exactly. Absolutely foolish. Of course. No, that, 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 the word for that is disingenuous. I hate, and that's the thing I hate as much as anything that we encounter in our business. You know, I always remember the king of disingenuity was Bill Parcells when I dealt with him. Really? and yeah, and and that's the word that it, they they yeah. come stop insulting my intelligence. Exactly. Right. The more I got right. in the business, right. the more right. I got resentful about, about certain things. And this is what you're talking about. You're insulting or that the, the deny it, yeah. and then the, not to say, hey, why shouldn't I? Right. To say, hey, 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 nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah, I. I he's one thing I want to ask you though. Oh, I want to ask you about um, Kay, and then we. I know Bob. We got to get to Will. Yeah. But, um, He's a disciple of Bobby Knight, right, through Army. And the thing that always amazed me about Krzyzewski, which is I think this is what you have to do now when you're a coach. I mean, Krzyzewski, from what I understand, when dealing with players, can be a real – he can be a hard – Oh, yeah. I mean, hell I mean, yeah. I mean, he can, be, he can be tough. But when you meet him or the, the public persona of him, like on the court he can be a Bobby Knight. But like the persona of him publicly was never that. Well, he does you know? this. Right when he when he's mfing any player or, or a ref, he's doing this, <laughs> so, so nobody can see what he's saying. Always, right. I mean, they have. Think about this. I, I don't know if you've ever seen this, Gary, but behind the bench, they have like their managers are told to put up like towels or or like a blanket, right. so you can't see into their huddle a lot of times. Yeah. And so like, there's out. all sorts of things that they're doing to protect Coach K and his image. And he likes to hold himself, uh, the image up that he is above all this to start with. I yes. even heard the most recent thing I heard yesterday or the day before, which is talking about, you know, in our house, we have no reference to basketball in our house. There's what? no trophies. I'm just saying, he said Come this. We got on. no reference. You know, he, because obviously the inference is being, I'm, you know, I'm just, a, I'm just a teacher. I'm just a faculty right. member. I'm just a, a guy, you know, and I, I have a complete divorce from, it, it doesn't define who I really am, this Coach K thing. Oh, you know, really? All right, okay. You know, but he's always tried to do that, and 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 as I, you know, it. Now, having said this, the fact is, he's a phenomenal coach. The fact is that there was nobody has ever been more equipped to be that Olympic coach in terms of being able to relate to the younger players and the older players. Larry Brown, you know, was a disaster as an Olympic coach because he he wouldn't acknowledge the kids and. And one of whom was called LeBron James. <laughs> and uh, uh, no, Coach K has an ability to, to transcend the barrier, the boundaries of, of, of basketball as well. Just and he was the ideal selection. You know, that Jerry Colangelo absolutely found the right guy to do that job. That they may never find a better one. Frankly. Nope. Nope. 
All right, Bob, uh, Will Chamberlain's 60th anniversary. Yeah. We're not going to joke that you were in Hershey, Pennsylvania in 1962. If only. I, I was they- in Lawrenceville, New Jersey. Uh, that was my, um, let's see, fifth, that's my, my uh, sophomore year on the JV team. So, uh, yeah. That, uh, but uh, it, it's just, I mean, in Amazing. all sport, right? How many things are this singular that, that you know, that you can point to as, as defining somebody as Will Chamberlain's hundred point game. Sure. Ted Williams batting 400. <laughs> no. Yeah. 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 Williams it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's Russell 11 titles, right? One, for one act. For one act. Yeah. yeah for one yeah. game. 20, one act. Know, breaking out 20 by Clemens. Nothing, maybe yeah, right. Exactly. That, that's are some of the examples, yeah. but none of them come close to Will scoring the hundred. In basketball. Yeah. I don't know of another one. I mean, I think you have to say Will getting a hundred is like the one that you think of. Yeah. And the idea, you know, that it was in Hershey, Pennsylvania, where they used to play. I went there once guys, the Celtics played there as late as the 71, 72 season. And as a matter of fact, in the 71, 72 season, 50 years ago, they clinched their division, their first post Russell division in Hershey against the 76ers. And Billy Cunningham, who was one of my all time favorite guys in this, in this game, came in to congratulate them in the locker room. And, and really? I'll never forget that. Yes, he did. Anyway, guys, the, you know, there's the, 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 this game. <laughs> Will, the, I, I tweeted this this morning, and of all, I, he took 63 shots. He was 36 for 63. In a 48-minute game, you just, uh, wouldn't you love to see it? Wouldn't you like to have, just sit down tonight and watch it? think he just yelled at his teammates, like, get me the ball every time? Like, how do you think well, that worked with, with his teammates? Well, Guy Rogers had 20 assists in this game, you know. The, the Knicks, by the way, had 17 assists and 57 baskets, so they weren't exactly sharing the ball too much that night. But, uh, um, but the thing of that the reason he made that got the hundred is the aberrational night he had the free throw line. Right. He was a 51 percent career shooter. I looked it up. But this year, guys, <coughs> it, he, he shot 60 percent, 606 for the year, and the only time he even came close to that. And he got worse as years go on. By the way, so you think he might have gotten better? He got worse. Some of his lowest averages were in his final four years, three or four years in the league. He was so in the forties. Yeah, that, that when he was going back and forth between shooting underhand and, and and throwing darts, which is what I would call what he did when he shot it overhand. That is, he looked like he was a dart player in a British pub, you know. But um, <coughs> he was twenty eight for thirty two from the line that night. Wow! Wow! And that that made the difference. Yeah. You know, there's no <laughs> accounting for that. And now the other thing that's interesting about this game: Al Adels went eight for eight. By the way, from the Knicks, but it's out for the uh, 76ers. But not the 76ers, they were the Warriors. This is their last year in Philadelphia before they moved to San Francisco. Three Knicks had 30. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Including the immortal Cleveland Buckner. And we wouldn't even remember him for anything other than this night when he had 33 points in his career high. Anyway, 169, 147. And, and, um, and then, of course, you know, the story after the game, this is the gospel truth. Wilt drove back to his house, which was in New York City, with one of the Knicks. I forget which one. I think it was Knowles, Willie Knowles, pretty sure. Wilt, Wilt drove back. He, he didn't travel with the team. Wilt drove back to New York City from Hershey, Pennsylvania. <laughs> That's funny. Well, you always love the stories. Like in Austin, <laughs> Wilt used to sleep over Russell's house, right? They, well, they would, <clears throat> excuse me, they often uh, had dinner in, in the beginning. In the first few years, they were very social. Yeah. I don't know how long that lasted. And then it, and, and then they had a falling out after 69 and after the game seven, when, when Russell criticized Wolf for leaving the game. 
and then they they patched it up in later years when you know by the time you know Wilt died they had been friendly for years no um he he did that i wouldn't say it was regular garrett but I, but they did he did have dinner at, at russell's and i mean he may have stayed over a few times yeah anyway a different, a different this, world this anniversary of, of it 169-147. Bob, we love you, man. That's great stuff. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Goodman, we'll talk to you next week. And yeah, we'll uh, talk after the uh, Coach K game. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll recap it. Co- Coach K gives you a little kiss on the cheek. Yeah, you know? I, I don't I don't think it'll happen. <laughs> All right, we'll see you later, guys.